Hey everyone, welcome into the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by Mike Tagliere, and it's time for our Waiver Wire Week 10 show. We've got a great guest on today. It's Adam Azer of CBS Sports. He's on Twitter at his name, Adam Azer. I'm at Bobby Fantasy Pro, and Mike is at Mike Tagliere NFL. Adam, thanks for coming on. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Fantasy got off to kind of a rough start this year, but been on a, a bit of a heater lately and hoping to continue it with a, with a big uh, Monday night. So things are looking up. Things are looking up. You sound like someone who drafted uh, a lot of Aaron Jones. Is that accurate? Yes, I did. Uh, Aaron Jones, Tevin Coleman. Yeah, a good call. Good call. <laughs> I, can, yeah. I can relate with that. Tags, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing good, dude. I uh, I had a rough morning though. My 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 little my two year old, well, almost three year old, uh, started preschool, and I had to drop him off this morning. And it's like the worst thing in the world to drop off your little one and like legit, like right, right when he walks in the door, he starts crying, and you feel so terrible. And they're just like, all right, come on, let's go. And it's like walking away. So if anybody has any uh any tips for me in parenting when it comes to dropping off your three year old that's have, having like separation anxiety, uh, hit me up on Twitter. That's tough, man. I don't know what to tell you. I, I do know what to tell you about fantasy football, though. I just wanted to point this out. You guys can go back to the DFS episode. And I said at the 49-minute mark, hey, Tags, I think Jacob Hollister is going to score two touchdowns this weekend. And you judged me so hard. I don't even know what you're talking about. I actually got props on Twitter from a few people telling me that thanks for the Jacob Hollister calling the primer. I like Jacob Hollister. Yeah, you can, you can, you can direct them to me and tell them to thank me. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> okay, well, guys, uh, it's the Waiver Wire Show. It's kind of a boring Waiver Wire week. Like, we have a bunch of guys that you can pick up that are decent pickups. One really good pickup. Besides that, it's kind of lame. Uh, I, there is some injury news to talk about, though. Le'Veon Bell is getting an MRI right now. Who is the backup running back tags for the New York Jets? And, like, what would we expect out of fantasy if Le'Veon Bell is going to miss a week or maybe multiple weeks? You don't want any of them. It's it's probably Bilal Powell, but uh, you don't want any of them. That's the answer. Le'Veon Bell has been barely <laughs> usable. So, I mean, why would you want to do this to yourself? It's kind of like owning uh, like Frank Gore or, or Kenyon Drake when he was with the Dolphins. You just don't want to do it to yourself. Like, why would you do that to yourself? I, I think that that's probably accurate. Adam, would you agree or would you be even remotely excited about any of these guys? I mean, I'm sure you would pick somebody up and own them, but at best they're an RB3, right? Why aren't you kind of obligated? So I, I would think it would be Ty Montgomery. And I would be somewhat interested in a PPR league and picking him up. They're terrible. They are the, maybe the lowest scoring team in the NFL now. It might be the Dolphins still. Oh, no, it's the Redskins, the Jets, and then the Dolphins. <laughs> and then the Bengals. Uh, the, who's number five, though? It, it is the Denver Broncos, and then it's the Chicago Bears, and then it's the Ugh. Tennessee Titans. And, my point, and then it's the Browns. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the Bears. That's awesome. <laughs> my point is, just because they're a bad offense, it doesn't mean you want to get away from running backs this year. In fact, I noticed the top five scoring offenses in points per game. Now, defensive points factor into this, like the Patriots, the Niners, but the top five scoring offenses don't have a top 12 PPR running back, which is amazing. Interesting. Me. So, like, running backs is kind of different this year. Like split backfields, or what is it? Like, maybe just that's more efficient? Look at the teams, right? It's Baltimore. Ingram's top 12 in non-PPR, but not PPR. It's uh, New England, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, and Kansas City. Now, I might be wrong about Ingram. He might be right around 12, but I think he's just outside. He's Yeah, he's RB12. He's like right there. So you're, I mean, it's... Well, yeah, he's not really the RB1 on the team. It's Lamar Jackson, which is just kind of cheating. This is nuts. But what you need are touches. So if Le'Veon Bell were out and, and Montgomery got a lot of touches, yeah, I mean, I think he could Jalen Samuels' his way, not quite in that same fashion, <laughs> mm -hmm. but to a good PPR performance, you know. I mean, I'd definitely be interested in picking him up. I mean, there's a couple running backs that I'm interested in this week. It's just, the cool thing about fantasy football is, 
It's such a challenge because the NFL is always changing and evolving. There's always players breaking the mold. Like Lamar Jackson, who knew he'd rush for 1,200 yards this year? Nobody. Nobody could have possibly predicted that. Um, It's just, you know, fantasy football is great because of things like this. All right, guys, and before we jump into the running backs, I wanted to tell you guys that we have a video version of this podcast episode that's going to be available on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fantasy pros. We're going to be doing the same thing for Wednesday shows. And also just a heads up, we do three live streams during the week. Tags and I do a waiver wire live stream Tuesday at 1 Eastern time together. I do a starter sit live stream by myself on Thursday at 1 p.m. And Tags does a Sunday show where he does Q&A and also gives injury updates before the week starts. Again, that's youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Guys, let's go to the running back position for waiver wire this week. It has to start with Ronald Jones, right, Adam? Absolutely. And I missed this quote last week, but Bruce Arians was kind of playing him up, saying he was getting better in uh, pass protection, that he was going to get more playing time. And then this week, just now, Bruce Arians comes out and says, oh, yeah, Ronald Jones has earned more touches. He doesn't have a great schedule. It's kind of, it's like, it's a different conversation if you're talking about him just like, are we starting him every week or are we picking him up? Because the, the answer to the first question is, I don't know. But the answer to the second question is, absolutely. Yeah, this is a top five scoring team per game. And you've got an opportunity now to get a guy who could be in that good offense, hopefully gets goal line work. Not sure he will, but let's see what happens. He's no spoiler. He and Zach Pascal are going to be my two top priorities this week. I love Zach Pascal as well. They're both in my top five. Now, Tags, how many times has Bruce Arians lied to us, though? Like, we've played this game before, and it hasn't been fun. Every time Ronald Jones has a big week, we're like, hold on a second. This guy's really talented. He's in a great offense. Now he's getting 20 touches a game, and then he doesn't get any work. So what do we do? Do we pick him up and throw him in our lineup against Arizona only for him to get four carries? <laughs> I mean, we hope that's not the case. I mean, what we can take away from this game is that it, the, the, thing that, the thing that was different is he actually did start the game. This was the first time Ronald Jones actually started the game, and that's a step in the right direction. Against Seattle, it was a tough matchup. Uh, the Cardinals are, I mean, they're kind of a pushover defense. You can kind of do a lot of different things against them. Their secondary is even struggling with Patrick Peterson. Uh, they've allowed 4.41 yards per carry on the year. There have been, uh, I think, five different running backs who have finished his top 24 options against them. I mean, but the, the, the issue is that each of those running backs that did finish top 24 totaled at least 21 touches. That's a mark that Ronald Jones hasn't quite gotten to yet. Uh, we have to wonder if, if that's going to continue to be the case, knowing that he played pretty well against Seattle. He's definitely worth a waiver wire addition. Like, uh, if, if you're an RB needy team, this is where you kind of have to spend your fab. You can't just sit around and wait for injuries uh, and just grab Ronald Jones. He's a starter for a team that's scoring a whole lot of points. The wide receivers should clear out the box a little bit. The offensive line still sucks. Uh, But again, there is value in a starting running back. And I would rather have Ronald Jones than someone like, you know, Mark Walton, who's tied to a terrible offense. So I'd be willing to spend, you know, well over 20% of my fab budget if he's available. And he is available in over 60% of leagues. Like for easy, as crazy as it sounds, but yeah, he is. So Adam, I think that this has like a 50, 60% chance of turning out like Mark Walton, where he's just going to get, you know, 12, 15 touches like he has throughout the season. And it just continues that way. And every once in a while, he spikes back up to 20 and uh, we get excited and it's just kind of a bust. But just going on upside alone, a 33% chance though. I mean, what is his upside? Like a high-end RB2? We've got maybe a high-end RB2 here. I'd spend 50% of the fab budget just with a 30% chance of that happening. Okay, high-end RB2. So we just said Mark Ingram is 12th in, in PPR scoring. Uh, I th- Yeah, I think 
mid mid end. Uh, he's splitting hairs. Uh, high end, sure, I'll buy it. High end RB two is the upside. So he doesn't catch passes. That's something to keep in mind. That that leads to some pretty bad games if he doesn't score. He's had two games all year where Ronald Jones has averaged more than four yards per carry. Week one against the Niners, who don't really have that great of a run defense, and they lost Quan Alexander in that game. Week three against the Giants, they have a bad defense. He hasn't really had explosive plays. I think he's better than Mark Walton because, you know, the offense is a lot better, um, and I just think he's a better player. Mark Walton's showing he's not a very good running back. Uh, but I don't, I don't see a ton of upside. I see, a, I see Marlon Mack. You see Marlon? I, well, I see Marlon Mack if he's the starter. I mean, they're both extremely elusive. They can both handle twenty plus touches. It's just a matter of if the Bucks give it to him. I think that's his upside is Marlon Mack. I don't think they give it to him because I, I don't think that. I think they're playing from behind. Their pass defense is awful. I think Bruce Arians' nature is to throw the ball, and I think Marlon Mack's playing behind the best offensive line in football. Uh, I don't see Marlon Mack. I. I I see a guy that you play when you want like eight fantasy points and hope for a touchdown. I see like a Josh Jacobs, a, a team with a, a you know a mediocre offensive line. I'd say below average offensive line. I've got Josh Jacobs in my top nine running backs, man. I'd take him over Aaron Jones right now. For the rest of the season? For the rest of the season, man, yeah. I'm fairly certain Bobby smoked something before the show. He's got 29 touches, 24 touches, 17, 28 over the last four weeks. He had two bad weeks because he had a, a, a flu. He was dealing with the flu. There's always some sort of excuse. What I'm saying is that he's not involved <laughs> enough in the passing game. Josh Jacobs plays for a team that's won football games. Like the Raiders, do we anticipate the Raiders to be like a 10-win team? And if you if the answer is no, then you need to like demote Josh Jacobs because he's not involved in the passing game nearly as much as we would want. That's the issue with him. So if I'm saying that the upside for Ronald Jones is is Josh Jacobs territory because he's a guy that can get three targets. Tired Marlon Mack, dude. <laughs> well, he can get, oh, that's man. what I'm saying. He can get three targets in a game. That's that's Ronald Jones can get that. Josh Jacobs has been like capped in that range, and that's the concern is that he didn't even catch any passes in this game uh, where Jalen Richard led the team in receiving. So. That's my concern is that when the game script goes south, what does Josh Jacobs look like? We're not talking about Josh Jacobs. This is like a waiver wire show. Need to get back on track. But Ronald Jones, I think it's fair to say his ceiling <laughs> is RB2, like an R, a high-end RB2. Sure. Let's move on to some other running backs here. I've got a different number two than Tags. So, Adam, I want you to tell us your number two running back waiver wire pickup this week. And then Tags and I will share ours. Hopefully you break the tie. Ooh, that's interesting. I don't know that I have a number two. I think... Okay, Ty Johnson is still going to get some work. Uh, Darius Geis would be on the list, although I think Peterson's done enough. Can you can you guys inspire me a little bit here? I'm sorry. <laughs> Alexander Madison, JD McKissick, Daryl Henderson, Gus Edwards. It's not a great week. I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Darius Geis or Ty Johnson would be number two. Oh, you went with tags. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's where I'm at with it. I mean, I'm not excited about Geis either. And I was like going back and forth between who do you own? Do you own Geis or do you own Madison? Uh, and it really just, it, it varies. But Adrian Peterson has done enough. Like he's totaled at least 70 yards, rushing yards in, in each of the four games with Bill Callahan uh, as the interim head coach. So he's offering some value. They are running the ball a ton. I don't I don't think that's going to change. Uh, so Darius Geis coming back, you know, he's the future of that backfield so i'm anticipating them trying to give him some work uh but it, it's not exciting he's not someone that i would drop a whole lot of coin on or anything i would disagree with this primarily because the running back position i don't think needs work to improve i think they want to keep him healthy they're looking at the way adrian peterson's running he looks really good by the way 
There's no need to take him out. You let Darius Geis take it easy. Okay, he gets four, five, six touches a game like a typical backup running back. Next year, he's the dude. I don't think Adrian Peterson's surrendering this job. And if he does, I think at best it's going to be a 50-50 thing. So I'm not that interested in Geis. I, I don't know if there's really a chance that he would be a fantasy starter. Now, I like Alexander Madison, who you mentioned, because I think he's a high upside backup running back. I think maybe Reichwell Armstead might be in that conversation now as well, because he's a true three-down guy. Fournette is injury-prone. Obviously, Tony Pollard. But my favorite pickup this week is someone who might be the starter. On a great offense, Sean McVay's offense, in, in week eight before their bye, Todd Gurley got almost all the touches in the first quarter. And then after that, it was Daryl Henderson's backfield. I was going to say Daryl Henderson, man. You know, I was getting there. <laughs> <laughs> he had 11 carries from uh, the second quarter on, and he looked really good. In fact, he's been the most elusive running back in the NFL, according to some metrics that I've seen in the entire NFL this season. I think there's some upside here with Daryl Henderson, just in case they weren't taking it easy on Todd Gurley because of the upcoming bye. And maybe they just said, Gurley's not playing well. Henderson looks great. He's our starting running back. What do you think, Adam? Is there a chance? I don't think there's a chance that he's the starting running back, but I do think there's a chance that he's a double-digit touch guy and a decent option. Yeah, I mean, look, it would be such a shock if they were like, sorry, Todd Gurley, you're not the starting running back anymore. <laughs> but look, I, I think I think your, your train of thought, it, you, what you're saying here is really is right on, and this is definitely a guy to pick up. I don't know how Malcolm Brown changes the equation because he's been out two straight games, but uh, I'm certainly interested in picking up Daryl Henderson, yeah. Sure. So how much fab would you spend on Daryl Henderson and Darius Geis? Let's throw in Alexander Madison as well. So how do you do this? Because like, I never know. Are we doing starting budget, uh, remaining budget? Remaining budget. Like what percentage of your remaining budget? Not much. I mean 5%. Because there's not much of a difference between any of these guys, right? They're all, they've all got some upside. You can't rely on any of them. Yeah, exactly. Tony Pollard's another guy that if there were an injury, he could, he could win your league for you. So... I'm not spending big on anyone this week except for Ronald Jones, probably. Sure. Is, would you agree with that, Tags, at the running back position? Yeah. Uh, the reason I'm not high on Henderson is because this offense isn't as good as it used to be. Uh, Jared Goff is just not very competent. The, the last couple games where Daryl Henderson has had his, his production have been in like legit garbage matchups. Like They played against the Falcons and the Bengals, two, two matchups that you just aim to play fantasy guys against. Uh, Malcolm Brown was doubtful for that game uh, that they played in Week 8, so I'm, I'm assuming he's going to be back. So that means that he was actually a, a question mark to whether or not he could play. So I, even if something did happen to Todd Gurley, they're going to go with a timeshare between those two. And Henderson would have value, but I don't think he's a league winner like someone like Tony Pollard or, or Alexander Madison would be, so, which is why I would rather grab those guys than someone like Daryl Henderson. Tags, do you agree with me on Reichwell Armstead belonging in that conversation with Madison and Pollard? Uh, not necessarily because I think he plays for a crap offense. Uh, and especially if they go back to Leonard Fournette's doing a lot with a crap offense. No, I know. I mean, Fournette is, is a guy that can break some long runs and that's what you're kind of hoping for. I'm not saying that. Yeah. They're different types of players like Armstead. He's a lot more elusive, but he's not that big, fast freak like Brandon Jacobs. You know what I mean? He's Chris Carson. I love Chris Carson. Armstead's up there as a handcuff. Like I like him. He would get like he would be locked into eighteen plus touches per week, which definitely has value. It's just not not a very good offense, is all. Sure. Yeah. Leonard Fournette is on pace for over seventy catches, so he's only got one touchdown this year, which is insane. But if Reichel Armstead, if he got that work and the catches, then he would be he would be pretty damn fantasy relevant for sure. And Fournette's like not some great receiver or anything. It's just Gardner Minshew's under so much pressure that he has to check down. And Armstead's a really good pass catcher. So I'm intrigued um, if you have a roster spot. Obviously, if you're dealing with bias injuries, you won't be able to do something like that. All right, guys, we've got some more running backs to talk about. But first, I wanted to tell you about a cool opportunity with FanDuel. 
This season, there are more ways to win than ever because FanDuel has more ways to win cash prizes and once-in-a-lifetime experiences during every single game, every single week. If you've never played FanDuel Fantasy Football before, that's great because new users get $20 in site credit if they deposit $20. Week 10 is going to be an absolute blast because I get to use Christian McCaffrey at Green Bay in their horrible run defense and Saquon Barkley at the New York Giants in their horrible run defense. I'm using them both in the same lineup. And that's one of the things that I love about FanDuel is you can get flexible. As long as your team fits under the budget, you can build whatever team you want. And plus, you pick a new team every single week, so injuries and busts don't end your season. Like if you drafted Odell Beckham and Patrick Mahomes and Kerryon Johnson, your season's already over in season long. If that doesn't happen in daily fantasy sports. And plus, you've got a chance to win millions of dollars on FanDuel. You can sign up for FanDuel now and get $20 in total bonus. Just make your first deposit to get started, and you'll get an extra $5 in site credit every week for four weeks. Go to FanDuel.com slash FantasyPros or download the FanDuel app. Uh, there's a couple other running backs that are, we usually go under 50% ownership, but there's three that are just above that I've been getting a lot of questions about. So I want to ask you about these three, Adam, if you're in a more shallow league, all three of these are available and Ronald Jones, who are you picking up first? Damian Williams, Devin Singletary, Ty Johnson. Oh, Damian Williams. He's like 86% owned in CBS league. So I wasn't even considering him. Damian Williams, Devin Singletary, Ty Johnson, man. Okay. The first two are so clearly ahead of even Ronald Jones. Ty Johnson is is clearly fourth. If I had to pick between Damian Williams and Devin Singletary, I think I would go with Devin Singletary, actually. Um, what did Williams get? Like 12 carries and he had a 91-yard run, and, and really he's been a bad rusher all year. He wasn't that involved in the passing game. I don't know that they're going to just forget about the Sean McCoy. So I, I think that those two guys are like, no doubt about it, slam dunk. You have to own them. Do whatever you can. Spend big on Singletary and Williams. But everything. Spend everything on Singletary. Pretty much. But I would I would prioritize Singletary over Damian Williams. He's my number one as well, Tags. Would that, is that who you would have there? Yeah, I mean, I have Williams just because I think there's a ceiling there that's higher. But the, the thing is with Andy Reid's offense this year, I was looking at already, is that there's been one occasion all year where a running back has seen more than 14 touches. That's crazy. So it is most definitely a timeshare. The only player that did do that was Damian Williams, and it seems like they want to run with him a little bit uh, with McCoy getting just a couple touches this week. So, I mean, Damian Williams has the most upside because of what he's attached to. I don't think Buffalo is going to just like totally disregard Frank Gore. I do like Devin Singletary. I've moved him up to my number 27 running back on the rest of the season rankings. So uh, I'm definitely moving higher on him, but I have Damian Williams just one, actually just one spot higher. You know, I was writing about him because, you know, Singletary's 5'7", and he's really slow, but he just sees the field so extremely well. He sets up his blockers. He's got incredible vision. Um, he's a real impressive running back. Like, imagine James White getting a big workload. That's what I see. <laughs> yeah, James White got a bigger workload against the Ravens. <laughs> he did, even though he was a game-time decision, so everyone ranked him really low. Okay, guys, let's move on over to the wide receiver position. Adam, you said Zach Pascal is your number one. Can you explain that? I I'm with you, by the way. T.Y. Hilton could miss several weeks. I did not think Pascal was going to have a good game. I, I made a lot of mistakes. I recommended other players over Pascal, and he comes in with six targets and catches the touchdown and 76 yards, and he's been the second-best wide receiver on the team by a long shot. He's facing the Dolphins this week. Ten wide receivers have had six to nine targets against the Dolphins. Nine of them have had either 76 yards or a touchdown or both. <laughs> so it's a great matchup. My only fear is like, oh, it was Chester Rogers who had the big game. Like, I thought it was going to be Robbie Anderson and it was Crowder. So I, I prefer Pas Pascal to me is the number one there now. But 
It could be a multi-week thing. Even with Brian Hoyer, I just feel like with six teams on by, it doesn't feel like a great waiver wire week. This guy, to me, the only player I feel like, well, two players that could be out there that, that I would get over him are like Marquise Brown and, and Christian Kirk. And I see Mike Williams is available in some leagues. So those guys I'd probably take over him. But other, other than that, like I'm all about Pascal this week. Yeah, I think it's a good call going up against Miami. Like long-term, he's not my favorite wide receiver, but if you need a win right now, I think Pascal's going to help you get it against Miami this week. Now, Paris Campbell's going to be involved as well, and I know a lot of people are saying, well, Jacoby Brissett's out. How many worse quarterbacks are there in the NFL than Brian Hoyer, who have supported at least one fantasy receiver? Hoyer's not that horrible, so I think Pascal can be good, especially this week against Miami. Texas, is he your number one, or are you going with Devontae Parker? Yeah, no, I'm going to go with Parker just because I think Parker has, uh, I mean, Parker has, a, like, he's an option kind of like every week. I, I think people just kind of, like, can continue to overlook Parker for, for obvious reasons. He plays for the Dolphins. Uh, but he has at least 55 yards and or a touchdown in ev- all but one game this year. And that one game was against the Patriots, a team that shuts down every receiver. So we really shouldn't have expected production there. Uh, now knowing that Preston Williams is out for the year, there's just so many reasons that Devontae Parker, he's locked into, like, you know, eight eight plus targets per game. Game now and that's valuable in fantasy football whereas Pascal uh he's been playing all year alongside TY uh, TY was already out for one game this year before this one Pascal is still yet to see more than seven targets in a game so he is somewhat captain in terms of what he's going to get that team is going to run the ball an awful lot against Miami and they love their tight ends. And Paris Campbell's a guy they drafted in the second round. Uh, you know, and he he had eight touches this week. He had five targets, three carries. They're using him in different ways. He's more of like the T. Y. Hilton uh, mold. He actually had eight targets in the in the game. I think T. Y. Hilton was out back in like week four. I think it was. Uh, so Campbell is someone that's on the radar as well. I do like Pascal. I have him as my number three receiver this week. I have Parker number one, and I have Ted Ginn number two. I actually think Ginn might be a better play than Pascal this week because, again, if you look at his career with Drew Brees, those two have played, I think it's 22 games now together. Ted Ginn has been a wide receiver three or better in half of those games. You don't find that type of production on the waiver wire, and now they're going against Atlanta, a team that they know extremely well. Uh, Atlanta, they don't, they just don't have cornerbacks right now. Even if Desmond Trufant comes back to the lineup, he's been like absolutely terrible this year. So, uh, yeah, Ted Ginn's, I think Ted Ginn's a wide receiver three this week. That's really interesting, man. I've got Ginn all the way down as my number eight wide receiver for, for waiver wire pickups. I've got a, a handful of guys ahead of him, obviously. But I want to go back to Parker really quick because a lot of people don't realize this. Since the disaster in week two against New England, like everybody has, Parker's been a top 20 fantasy receiver, guys. That's really dang good. Yeah, he's been. That's what I'm saying. It was like people, I, I know why people don't want to like him. I get it. But why do we like Le'Veon Bell, though? We like Le'Veon Bell because he gets touches and like it. it they may be bad touches in a Jets offense, but they're still touches. And uh, Parker's been there. I mean, like, he's been producing. So, I mean, Adam, what's your take on Parker? Are you not high on him because he plays for the Dolphins? No. I, you know what? I, I, that's an oversight on my part. He's he's either one or two. I, I think I like him better than Pascal rest of the season. In fact, I definitely do like him better than Pascal rest of the season. He's got the Colts and the Bills coming up. Those aren't the best matchups, particularly the Bills. And then Denzel Ward in Week 12. Like, those three. If you need to win now, I wouldn't go Parker. If you've got a bunch of... If you've got a bunch of wins, you're going to make the playoffs. I'm looking at Parker against the Eagles, Jets, Giants, Bengals. Heck yeah. Yeah, it looks great there. So he, he that's a really good call. I think Pascal might be better this week. And I, I like the Ginn call. I'm only playing Ginn in home games. They're home against the Falcons. But they were home against the Cardinals in Week 8 with Drew Brees back. And he had two catches for 42 yards. So he's got two or three catches in six straight games. 
you know, it, he's he's too boomer bust for me. Uh, that he's got a very low floor. That's why I I don't love Ginn, but I I mean I see the upside. He's a great DFS guy in my opinion. Yeah, I think he has week to week upside, but in terms of being a consistent wide receiver three. I mean, I guess, Tags, you just dispelled what I was going to say because he has been a wide receiver three with Drew Brees. But I look at guys like A.J. Brown, who looks incredible on tape. He could break out. Deontay Johnson is the clear number two in Pittsburgh. Josh Reynolds taking over for Brandon Cooks, who, based on his concussion history, might not be back for a while. And he's in this uh, high-tempo Sean McVay offense. And then I have Corey Davis as my number three pickup, Tags. What do you think about him going up against Kansas City? I mean, week eight, yeah, he was bad. He was, again, playing with the flu. We've seen this time and time again, guys who play with the flu. Mike Evans in week one and two. Um, Corey Davis here in week eight. They just don't do anything. It's impossible to play with the flu. Have you guys ever tried to play sports with the flu? So he was bad. But besides that, two and a half games with Ryan Tannehill, and he's looked really good in that time. And we've seen him show flashes. I mean, this is somebody who rest of the season could be a consistent wide receiver three start with week-to-week upside as well. <sighs> People are going to be mad at me for bringing Corey Davis up. Adam, I don't, I, I, I've moved on uh, from Corey Davis. And the thing is, the reason I have is like looking at it, eventually the, the production has to match the talent, right? And he's finished as a top 10 wide receiver twice this year, but he's finished as the wide receiver 50 or worse in six of nine games. Yeah, with Marcus Mariota. Now he's got Ryan Tannehill. No, also Tannehill, though. Like, that's the thing. I, <laughs> Tannehill the last two games, yeah, outside. I bought it, I bought into him against the Buccaneers, the worst thing. Like, they can't – that Davis is nothing. And let me tell you this about, about Corey Davis. And the, he mispracticed that whole week, though, like – Against the Bucs? Yeah, because he was throwing up all over the place. Well, uh, how long has he had this flu? By <laughs> no, he, no, it was that was the only week he had it. He just mispracticed the whole week and was playing with the bug. Okay, so but he also, you know, he wasn't great this week. I don't know. So look, Kansas City, in their last eight games, there's been one wide receiver with more than 77 yards. There have been two wide receivers who have caught a touchdown, B.C. Johnson last week and Kenny Galladay, who caught two. Now they're much worse away from Arrowhead. So it is a good matchup. And, and you got six teams on a bye, which is why I kind of think I might have to start Ryan Tannehill this week. <laughs> but I, I just, I just can't. like my opinion on Corey. You're asking the wrong person because I was I come into the year. One of the things I got right was Corey Davis. I said I don't think he should be drafted. Somebody's going to draft him, but it's not going to be me. I I hate Corey Davis. So in terms of fantasy, it was really more about Mariota. But like, dude, you should have called me and talked me out of it. I drafted him everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel's not that big of an upgrade. So um, I'm I'm not exactly in on Davis, but. The Chiefs on the road are typically a pretty good matchup. The Chiefs in, in Kansas City road games are a good matchup. I get it for sure. Tags, who do you prefer between Reynolds, A.J. Brown, and Deontay Johnson? Uh, I would say Reynolds just because it seems like he'll be the starter. He did get targeted a whole lot from Goff, and Goff has just been like latching onto guys. But I'm not excited about him. I don't think any of these guys are guys that you must play. I have Reynolds, uh, Paris Campbell, and A.J. Brown, Deontay Johnson all in that same conversation as guys that I don't, I don't really feel comfortable playing. A.J. Brown, the thing to note with him is that I think I'm going to rank him higher than Corey Davis this week, by the way. A.J. Brown uh, played a career-high 50 snaps this week. Uh, he had, but before this game, it was like he had never played more than 39. He did have a ball go off his hands and was intercepted. Like, it was literally bounced off his hands up in the air. was picked off. So that was one of Tannehill's two interceptions. Hopefully that's not, like, docking his playing time. But, but again, I don't... I don't know if I could feel comfortable playing any of these wide receivers like on a weekly basis. I mean, even for bye weeks, obviously we've talked about the options that are better. Devontae Parker, Ted Ginn, Pascal. These are all guys that I would much rather pick up than uh, anybody from this group. 
I guess for this week, I'd rather go with Paris Campbell against Miami, and then you just cut him when he gets against, I don't know, maybe you keep him for Week 12 against Houston as well. Week 14 against Tampa. Indianapolis has a good upcoming schedule. Now, Adam, do you like any of these three? Reynolds, A.J. Brown, Deontay Johnson. Let's throw Paris Campbell in there, too. Yeah, I like them. I mean, I like Reynolds, but he was so, he was so, uh, I was so excited to pick him up last year when Cooper Cup got hurt, and he did nothing. And look, they have sort of bounced back their last two games, but they have faced the Bengals and the Falcons. And, you know, what happens after the bye? Can they figure things out? Is their line going to be better after they traded for Austin Corbett a few weeks ago? Are they going to resemble the offense? They're not going to be a top-five offense, but can they at least be top-15? Or are they just kind of a crappy offense that's hindered by an offensive line? I don't know. So Reynolds is, is certainly interesting and worth a look. I, I, can, I, can I kind of pivot a little bit and ask you guys sort of a somewhat random question? Because I know when we talk about ownership percentages, we obviously use CBS. Uh, what what is the fantasy per, like? What do you guys use for ownership percentage? Consensus of I believe ESPN Yahoo's. Okay, so what do you have if you've got it in front of you on Christian Kirk? Because he's seventy eight percent owned in CBS leagues, and typically we have twelve team leagues, where I think like ESPN is ten team leagues. So like if Kirk is available, he's facing the Bucks, and I just I really like him. I think that's a major wide receiver priority. And he might be cutting a few leagues this week as well. I'm seeing on Yahoo he's seventy one percent. I don't actually have the. Uh, ownership pulled up on on fantasy pros right now but yeah if he's available a couple other guys that are potentially available as well josh gordon a lot of people cut him after he was you know released by the uh the patriots he's going to be playing some games and with a, a better quarterback um I, tom brady tom brady lovers in, in new england are going to hate me for saying that but at this stage in their career i think <laughs> russell wilson's the better quarterback will fuller's been cutting a lot of leagues if you're going to make the playoffs you might as well pick up will fuller and then antonio brown the seahawks looked into him there's a couple teams who are interested depending on what the nfl says is there any sense tags in picking up fuller antonio brown or josh gordon over the guys we've talked about uh josh gordon yes uh, Will Fuller, yes. If you you said if you're if you're set to make the playoffs and you have a bench spot available, yes. Yeah. Antonio Brown, absolutely not. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. Like he's not worth owning. Like I I I don't want nothing to do with him at all. Five percent chance at a wide receiver one. You're not taking that. Nope. Don't want him. Like I I don't think he's playing in the NFL ever again. I think he's done. I I, I really do. Like he's an idiot. <laughs> That's. I mean, you can think it's the most likely thing to happen. Like far and away the most likely. But if there is a chance. I can get a wide receiver, one who can help me win a league, and I've got a roster spot. I'm doing it. You own Des Bryant, too? No, I don't own Des. He's not a wide receiver, one. Get out of here, man. Do you believe in the tooth fairy, Bobby? <laughs> get out of here. I drafted Josh Gordon. Well, I shouldn't <laughs> brag about that, but I mean, you made fun of me when I drafted Josh Gordon. Like, oh, he's not going to play. And then look what happened. Yeah, man. I've drafted so much Josh Gordon, and... He did play, but he played poorly. Now he has a <laughs> he has a better quarterback, but he has a quarterback who, unless they're giving up a lot of points like they did, doesn't really throw the ball a lot. Whereas Brady's airing it out. So I I did pick up Josh Gordon. It was one of those situations where like here look here's the reality of fantasy. Like you look at your roster and you've got guys that are useless that you know you're dropping. Sure, there's no harm in taking a chance on Josh Gordon or Antonio Brown. I don't expect Brown to play, and I don't expect Gordon to be that significant. I, I think Gordon's biggest impact will be helping Russell Wilson and hurting DK Metcalf, but I don't think he is going to have much standalone value, but it's it's worth a look. I just the fact that he was the only that, that the Seahawks were the only team that claimed him and the Patriots put him on IR when they figured they'd have to release him in two weeks, just I think it sort of tells you a little bit about Josh Gordon right now and what, what kind of a player he is. Um so I'm not in it. I don't think you have to own him and I certainly think if you're just trying to win a week right now, he's he can't even be a top five consideration for you. 
All right, guys, a couple more wide receivers to talk about. But first, I want to tell you about Pristine Auction. You guys are going to love Pristine Auction. Tags and I are always on this site looking for values, and they're not that hard to find because they auction off hundreds, sometimes even thousands of items every day. And if you know what to look for, you're going to find some great values for your team that you can put in your cave. Everything's guaranteed authentic from only the most trusted sources. And when you go to Pristine Auction, sign up using the registration code Fantasy Pros. It's going to get you $5 off. It's free to sign up. Don't worry about it. You don't pay anything until you win a bid. The registration code is Fantasy Pros, and it also tells them we're sending people their way. That way we can do giveaways. Like we just gave away a signed Julian Elliman helmet. Now we're giving away a signed Dak Prescott Cowboys helmet. You can check out the details for that at fantasypros.com slash contest. What about some deeper guys, Adam? Are you fond of any of the following? Philip Dorsett, they're on a bye this week. Cole Beasley's not getting as many snaps. He goes up against uh, Cleveland. He has scored a couple touchdowns. Uh, Alan Lazard is no longer apparently the number two in Green Bay now that Marquez Valdez-Scantling is healthy. Debo Samuel appears to be the number two, uh, but not in a very good offense. Uh, Chester Rogers, Hunter Renfro has been playing a, a lot better. Nikhil Harry maybe has some upside. You like any of them, Adam? Yes, actually. Cole Beasley, let's start with him. He's caught a touchdown in three straight games. He's facing the Browns this week. Look, you basically need him to score, but he's, John Brown's not getting a lot of red zone targets. I'm not quite sure if Cole Beasley is, but he might be because he's catching some touchdowns. Um, I do like Dorsett. They're going into a bye, but at Philadelphia in two weeks, that could be a big one there. I think he's probably going to alternate good games with Mohamed Sanu. And Debo Samuel, not really. You need them to be throwing a lot, which they might be this week against Seattle. You know, their defense might not be quite as good as we thought. You can run on San Francisco, and they lost Alexander for the year now, so they might have to throw more. But I think he mostly took advantage of a great matchup. I think Beasley is my favorite. I don't remember all the names. Renfro. Renfro's pretty interesting. Carr's playing well, and I think John Gruden's doing a hell of a job, so... Renfro is a rookie who had some some decent hype coming in, and they really need to spread the ball around a little bit more. So I could see him earning a bigger role. The the only guy I think that is not just a deep league guy is Dorsett, which is wonderful because he's on a bye. So um, I would say Beasley would be my favorite this week and Dorsett rest of season. Tags, what do you think about these deeper players? Anyone stand out to you? That's exactly what I was thinking. Actually, Beasley for this week, Dorsett for the rest of the season. That's exactly how I have him in my waiver wire rankings. Lazard, unfortunately, fell down. the. I mean, he did receive the second most targets among the wide receivers, but it didn't really... He only played like 25 snaps, so that's not going to get it done. Uh, so... Uh, I mean, it's ugly, man. I'm, I'm working my way through the games this week. And if you're looking for like a really, really, really deep play that you're like, I play in a 16 team league and I'm looking for something, Russell Gage uh, playing against the, uh, he actually, he's the one taking over that Muhammad's new role in the slot, uh, playing like 77% of his snaps in the slot. So uh, Gage is someone that in like deep, deep leagues you could pick up. My deep, deep league pickup is, and this is a long-term guy. Someone I want in weeks 13, 14, 15, 16 is Keelan Cole. I think he's stealing the job from Chris Conley. When D.D. Westbrook comes back, Keelan Cole is going to continue to play. He looked so good in Week 9. He actually looked good in Week 8, scored a touchdown in Week 7 as well. And uh, this is somebody who, you know, showed a lot of promise. He's got a lot of athletic ability. He just dropped passes and lost his job. Now that he's back showing himself, I think that he's going to go into Week 13 against Tampa, 14 against the Chargers, 15 against Oakland, 16 against Atlanta, and he'll be a consistent flex play that you can use. Uh, I'm not saying pick him up now. I'm just saying keep an eye on Keelan Cole. He's a talented player. I'm going to say that if I mean, Adam, what do you think? Do you think the Jaguars, we talked about this in the podcast last night in the recap show, me and Dan, uh, do you think the Jaguars are going to bench Gardner Minshew for uh, Nick Foles? Yes. Yes, I do. Ugh. I, I do because the money, I, I think, you know, they invested a lot in him and 
Uh, they got to see what they have in him. And by the way, D.D. Westbrook should be in this waiver wire conversation. Uh, I think ton of targets. I mean, oh, at, if he's available, absolutely. Yeah, he's sixty four percent owned in CBS leagues, so that that is like borderline where we start talking about the waiver wire. And um, I know he missed the game. I know he's on a bye, but. I think there's a lot of potential for him rest of the season. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's going to be Foles. Yeah, six to ten targets every week. Yeah, you better believe it. I'd be picking him up. Guys, let's go to the quarterback position. Adam, you already brought up Ryan Tannehill earlier. Tex, is that your favorite streamer of the week? He gets Kansas City, not the best matchup, but Ryan Tannehill's been getting it done in each of uh, each of his three starts. Uh, 20 fantasy points, 19, 25, and not really the best matchups either. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, Tannehill, he's he's whatever. I, I'm not excited about him this week against Kansas City. Their pass rush is really good. I anticipate them going with a very Derrick Henry-heavy uh, approach in this game against Kansas City. That's the way you beat him. Uh, but th- that could turn into a shootout, so I don't think Tannehill's a, a terrible option. My pick would be Sam Darnold, and I'm probably going to regret oh. saying this. Um, but, I mean, against non-rookie quarterbacks, the Giants have allowed at least 20.5 fantasy points in every game to uh, the opposing quarterback. I mean, couldn't we had said the same thing against uh, about Miami, though? He scored 14 fantasy points against Miami. It doesn't get any easier than that. I mean, Xavier Howard was out. They traded Minka Fitzpatrick. This is the easiest matchup in the history of the <laughs> NFL. And he put up 14 fantasy points, Tags. I don't know, man. The Giants just might be worse than the Dolphins. One thing about that, that <laughs> Sam Darnold versus the Dolphins. Like, his game and one of my weeks, for sure, is going to be decided... Like I'm 100% going to lose by eight or fewer points because he threw that stupid touchdown that Ryan Griffin caught and somehow was not called. <laughs> and then he threw an interception on the next play. And he, if you're in a six-point-per-passing touchdown league, that's an eight-point swing. It's a six-point swing in a four-point league. I mean, that was big. So he could have had a good game there. He and Tano, I'm struggling to find other guys that might even be available this week. Um, yeah, so he and Tannehill are, are the obvious ones to me. I, I think I would prefer Tannehill because the Chiefs themselves are pretty bad against uh, quarterbacks. One thing, you know, we're not going to know when we do our waiver claims, but I think Patrick Mahomes coming back would be better for Ryan Tannehill. Just you want them chasing points. Yep, I would agree with that in tags. It's it's funny because I was razzing you, but I've got Sam Darnold as my number one streamer this week at quarterback. <laughs> um, I mean, Ryan Tannehill goes up against the Chiefs. They're pretty good against the pass. They're really bad against the run. I agree. It's a Derrick Henry game through and through. And then we have Daniel Jones. He goes up against the Jets, who just lost to those Dolphins. And uh, I don't know. I, I mean, he's <laughs> Daniel Jones has 34 against Tampa, 28 against Detroit, and in between, 14 against Washington. What? 11, 8, 11 against Arizona? I don't think we can really trust him. I'd rather trust Sam Darnold, and I'm not kidding. I don't want to trust any of them, but we kind of have to in streaming conversations sometimes. (laughs) Yes, okay. Tight end position, and uh, there's nobody that's like a great pickup, but there's like five or six guys who are are quality. I mean, I I don't really have a problem with Goddard, Howard, Noah Fant, Mike Kosicki, Jack Doyle, Jacob Hollister. It looks like Joni Smith's going back to the bench. Kyle Rudolph is splitting with Irv Smith. So, I mean, those are the eight. Do you have one that stands out to you that you like the most, Adam? No, not really. I mean, I think maybe Gasicki because it's, you know, that could be a guy that gets more involved with Preston Williams out for the year. But no, this is a, I think, a bad week. Because like if... Gosh, Arizona is so bad against tight ends, and and OJ Howard, I can't trust <laughs> right. him. You know, if Cameron Brait were out, because Cameron Brait barely played in Week Nine, if Cameron Brait's out, then yeah, I think I would trust OJ Howard. But if Cameron Brait is is playing, I I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can trust him. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. Tags, what do you think? Is OJ, is OJ Howard your guy? You going Mike Gusecki? I'm trusting OJ Howard this week, man. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to do it. Uh, it seems like Cameron Bray's probably not going to play. Dealing with that rib injury, he had to leave after like 11 snaps uh, this past week. So, I mean, if, as long as OJ Howard practices in full, I, I'll trust him. Uh, but uh, Mike Gusecki is another name that I, d- I definitely say pay attention to. Uh, this was something I posted on Twitter earlier. There have been just six tight ends since week five who have averaged at least 55 air yards per game. Uh, Hunter Henry, Gerald Everett, believe it or not, uh, Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, not surprises there, and then Mike Gesicki. He obviously had uh, over 90 yards this this week, and um, with Preston Williams out, yeah, they're they're going they're going to them more. And the thing is, Ryan Fitzpatrick is competent enough to support some fantasy options, and that's why I'm okay with. If, if Rosen was under center, I probably wouldn't trust Devontae Parker or Mike Gesicki. But knowing that tight end is just so friggin' ugly. I think that Gasicki should be on your radar, and I also think that Jack Doyle should be on your radar, you know, going against the Dolphins. He did see more targets than Eric Ebron. He is playing more snaps than Ebron. All the stuff, like, all the vitals for Jack Doyle have been there. It's just he hadn't really produced, uh, so it was good to see him get a touchdown last week. Oh, man, I've got the guy. I didn't even realize his ownership percentage was as low as it is. Gerald Everett 59% owned in CBS Sports Leagues. He's part of the offense now, for sure. I know it's coming off a really disappointing game against the Bengals, but... Uh, I mean, I got to go back to Gerald Everett. Yeah, if he's available, I would definitely put him number one on this list. Now, I would probably put Dallas Goddard ahead of him if Dallas Goddard wasn't on his bye. I've got him as my number one waiver wire pickup at tight end because I think, first of all, if anything happened to Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard's a league winner. He's a top five tight end immediately. But as it is, he's a a top 10 tight end every week because of the snaps, targets, air yards he's getting, uh, which is, you know, up until last week, it was more than Zach Ertz over a five-week stretch. Um, but if you need someone this week, yeah, I'm going to OJ Howard again against Arizona, even if Cameron Bray plays, uh, just because it's Arizona. But yeah, Mike Kosicki, I like him with Preston Williams out. He's been getting a lot of work. He looks much improved. And then Noah Fan is someone to keep an eye on. Now, the, the Bar- Broncos are on bye this week, but over the last two weeks, he is tied since, uh, you know, Joe Flacco was, was hurt last, well, I guess he got hurt last week. But in the last two weeks, Noah Fant is tied for the team lead and target since they traded Emmanuel Sanders. So I think you're losing your mind on the, the Dallas Goddard thing. I mean, I will say this. Deshaun Jackson, if you guys haven't heard the news, uh, he's having surgery on his stomach and uh, he's probably going to miss the rest of the season. So he's droppable. Uh, so that could lead to a- What's your deal with Dallas Goddard, who's playing twice as many snaps per game as Mark Andrews? I mean, he's not producing like Mark Andrews. Well, I guess. Yeah, he is. Yes, he is. Absolutely, he is. You were talking about opportunity in terms of like his air yard opportunity over the last five games where he's been like considered like a top 10 tight end. He's like he ranks behind Ryan Griffin, Ricky Seals Jones, TJ Hawkinson, Tyler Eifert. All those guys are ahead of him in opportunity. So it's been really a touchdown dependent for Dallas Goddard. And it's not to say that that can't continue to happen. He, He has been a top six tight end over the last month. Again, touchdowns, touchdowns. Better than George Kittle. Better than Travis Kelsey. I'm not production-based because it happened the last few weeks. It doesn't mean it's going to happen the future six weeks. It's about predict. Adam, where are you? Can you be the tiebreaker on Dallas Goddard? Do you want to trust him every single week in your lineup? Definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But but without Deshaun Jackson, it does make things more interesting. Right, I agree with you there. I hadn't seen the news. That must have come out once we started recording. Um, It just happened, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I guess I'm a little bit more interested in him, but... Look, I, I think they kind of started turning it back into the direction that it should have been going and hopefully will be going rest of season with Zach Ertz getting the big share and Dallas Goddard just sort of being there. I would actually prefer to pick up a guy that we I don't think we've mentioned yet, Chris Herndon, 
who I don't know what happened. He was active, but didn't really play. But never trust Jets, man. I guess so. But uh, I I do see I do see Chris Herndon with having a lot of potential, and I like him. And and uh, yeah, it's it's tight end. You know, you're gonna you're gonna be wrong about these guys a lot. It's just kind of the nature of position the position. But I I would rather have Herndon. Look, if the Eagles are throwing that much to Ertz and Goddard. I think that means that Carson Wentz isn't going to be very good. Like you got to throw to wide receivers, not tight ends all the time. So uh, I, I, th- I hope they kind of feature Ertz and a little bit less Goddard. So Tags, I want to, I want to ask you a question, man, before we, we move on. Okay. So Zach Ertz was second in the NFL with 70 snaps played last week. Who was first in the NFL for tight ends? Dallas Goddard, man. Dallas Goddard is on the field the whole week. He played 71 snaps. Mark Andrews played 24. You're going to start Mark Andrews every week playing 24, and you're not going to start Dallas Goddard playing 71? Correct. All right. All right. Let's move on to the uh, DST (laughs) position. Um, The streamers this week are just abysmal. Tags, do you have somebody you're interested in? Uh, Yes. I mean, you just attack the the Dolphins every single game. I don't really care who's under center. It doesn't matter if it's Patrick or if it's Rosen. You play the the defense that's playing them. And it just so happens that the Colts are a team that's available in so many different leagues. So, yes, that I would. It's the Colts right now. Oh, yeah. Colts, Ravens. I don't know how available they are, but I know a lot of people didn't want to start the Ravens because they hadn't been that good. They're barely in CBS leagues. They're basically the same ownership percentage as the Colts, but they're going to get the Bengals with a quarterback making his first start. So the Colts and the Ravens are not only at the top of the DST list, but they're close to the top of the waiver wire list because I think they could have those type of league winning weeks that you chase. Mm -hmm. If those guys are gone, and I think they are in some leagues, um, I've got three that I don't think are bad options. Green Bay, at home against Carolina, Kyle Allen has not looked especially good lately. Um, I don't know if the NFL has got a blueprint on him, started to figure him out. Uh, but Green Bay has a pretty good defense as well. Kansas City likely playing ahead if Patrick Mahomes is up against uh, Ryan Tannehill, who I think could potentially uh, you know throw multiple interceptions. And then Arizona, because they're getting Jameis Winston. Like we pick on Miami. We pick on the Jets. We pick on the Giants. And I think we also pick on Jameis Winston every week. Arizona has... Uh, 23 sacks on the season, which isn't terrible. And yeah, they're going to give up 25 points. That's what Arizona does because they play such a, a fast pace. Not a great defense, but in fantasy, it's about the interceptions, fumbles, sacks. And I think they're going to get them this week. Uh, they have two interceptions on the year. I, I can't trust Arizona. Like they're a team that's like legit so bad. I mean, do you think they're just going to flat out drop it if Jameis Winston throws it right to their chest? Because he's going to. I mean, probably. Their receivers probably <laughs> I mean, Brashad Perriman's probably going to catch it. This is Jameis Winston has been so lucky the last few weeks. That touchdown to Brashad Perriman was hilarious. I was right, dying exactly. Wasn't that awesome? exactly. Uh, I would go in that group. I would go with Packers one, and then I would go with the Giants. So you didn't mention I would go with them before the others. They're facing the Jets in a quote unquote road game. Uh, no, I don't really like them. Uh, you could also look at the at the Lions maybe against the Bears. <laughs> Trubisky is so bad. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> uh, the Lions, uh, they they are not a very good fantasy DST. So I, that's why I think the Colts and the Ravens are are really high priorities because after that it gets kind of dicey. Okay, guys, we're gonna play a really quick segment of uh, drop or keep. So I'm just gonna give you players, no analysis, just drop or keep. Standard twelve team. Uh, this is your your general's twelve team half PPR league. So drop or keep. Jameson Crowder. Keep. Keep. I'm keeping him as well. Danny Amendola, dropping him. <sighs> you can keep him through bye weeks, I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd take Pascal or Parker, yeah, but I wouldn't take like, I don't think I'd drop him for Josh Reynolds. Sterling Shepard. 
I think drop. I think he's pretty droppable because I don't think he's going to be that great even when he plays. Right. Yep. Because Golden Tate's there. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would agree with that. Okay. Next one. Duke Johnson going on the bye. Can you drop him? Yes. I. Yes. I'd say yes. It depends on who I'm dropping him for. I'm not opposed to it. You drop him for Rojo? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Me too. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Frank Gore is a drop for me. Yes. Drop. <laughs> Let, can we just reflect on the three carries from the one-yard line? I mean, come oh, on. Oh, ridiculous, <laughs> man. So ridiculous. Drop Frank Gore, yes. All right. Adrian Peterson going on the bye with Darius Guys potentially coming back. You dropping him? I would rather sell him. I think you should be able to get something for him. Yeah, I'm keeping him. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite there. Yeah. All right, last one. Ty Johnson. Drop. He's the starter. He's the starter. <laughs> um, I, and again, I'm going to remind you guys. If you've got a second quarterback, a second tight end, unless it's like a bye week, Patrick Mahomes on injury or something like that, you drop the guy. Um, there's no sense in owning those guys unless, um, you know, you play in a league where there's like 25 quarterbacks on and you would have to stream Mitch Trubisky. How's that, Tags? Can we, um, <laughs> can we add Chase Edmonds to the drop list? You guys can drop him as well. For sure. Yep, that's a good call. What about Kenyon Drake? Uh, he's a hold, actually. I, I'm actually selling David Johnson. Ooh. Ooh. I would sell David Johnson. Not only they well, that's what we're doing next. So uh, we're going buy low, sell high. Are you going selling high on on Johnson? Because a lot of people are going to think like, how can it be selling high when he's hurt? Like, what is his value? His value is still higher because of name recognition than what you can get for him. Yeah, and that's the thing. He's like he returned. Well, he returned in some capacity to practice. We don't know what actually what actually it means, but he was seen running a few drills. Uh, So he's probably going to be announced as like a limited participant in practice. So people are going to start getting excited about David Johnson again. But I mean, I've lowered him down to RB sixteen for the rest of the season. I I I do believe that if he does come back this week, first off, it's against the Bucks, a terrible matchup for running backs, and then after that it's against the 49ers and then they have their bye in week 12 so it's not a great schedule upcoming Kenyon Drake looked fantastic Kenyon Drake's a really good running back and you know I continue to go back to the Miami days is like what happened you don't trade a fifth round pick for a one week run a player uh, we even saw when David Johnson towards the end uh, before he like was removed from the lineup completely they were sharing a little, a little bit with Chase Edmonds so I think David Johnson's more of an RB2 moving forward than he is an RB1 so if you can get RB1 value for him I would sell all right. Are you selling somebody high right now, Adam? Derrick Henry. And I think, you know, you, you can wait until after this week. But if you do that, then he's going into his bye. And you, you really, it's hard to sell a guy going into his bye. But Henry should have a really good game against Kansas City. His schedule kind of sucks in the fantasy postseason. Oakland's got a pretty good run defense and a terrible pass defense. Houston has been dominant against the run since week one when they struggled against the Saints. Now, are they going to be worse without uh, J.J. Watt? That's what I thought, but they were pretty damn good against Leonard Fournette last week. So, uh, And then New Orleans, one of the best run defenses football. That's his weeks 14, 15, 16. Derrick Henry does not catch the ball. He had like gone five of six games before week nine as not a top 20 running back in PPR, something crazy. So... I would sell high on Derrick Henry. I think he basically, in PPR specifically, non-PPR is a different story, but PPR, he needs to have a good matchup to be great. I agree with that. I like that call. My guy that I'm selling high is someone we already talked about, actually. It's Damian Williams. Everyone's going to look at this saying, oh, he's the clear-cut starter. Maybe it lasts. I mean, they've been trying to replace Damian Williams as a starting running back since uh, Carlos Hyde was still with Kansas City. Are you guys remember that? And then it was Darwin Thompson. And then it was LaShawn McCoy. Uh, and then it was Daryl Williams. Now Damon Williams is back. We'll see how long it lasts. And their upcoming schedule's brutal. Tennessee in Week 10. They got the Chargers. That's a good matchup for Damian Williams. But keep in mind, Patrick Mahomes is coming back, so they're not going to run as much. Oakland in Week 13, surprisingly very good against the run. New England in Week 14. 
Denver in week 15, Chicago in week 16. Uh, I think you can get a, a pretty penny for Damian Williams right now. So I would sell him. Who's a running back you'd rather own than Damian Williams moving forward? Like just like as a reference point, because like he's a someone he's someone I'm having a tough time. Like I, I can't put him over Philip Lindsay, uh, but I can't I can't put someone like Devin Singletary or Royce Freeman above him. Yeah, I've got I've got Devin Singletary, 24, Melvin Gordon ahead of him, Devonta Freeman. Oh, I have Gordon up at 14. You have Gordon. Oh, wow. Okay. You've got him a lot higher than, I mean, he did look really good last week, but again, keep in mind who he was playing. So I would trade Damian Williams for Devin Singletary right now. Would you do that, Adam? Yeah, I think I would. Like if you give up the lead running back for the Chiefs, Damian Williams could be a top five running back rest of the season, but I don't, I just don't see it. I don't know. I, I would take Singletary. I think Singletary is about to have a big second half. Who are we buying low right now, Tags? Uh, buying low, I mean, David Montgomery is someone I would look at. I know he scored two touchdowns, but but the thing is, I think some of his owners would be relieved that he scored those two touchdowns because outside of that, it was it was not much. But n- ever since Matt Nagy said they're going to go run heavy, uh, they have. And they he, he's touched the ball 48 times in the last two games. He is like a true workhorse. They have the Lions, Rams, Giants, and then Lions again on the upcoming schedule. So I do believe that Montgomery is going to be locked in as a top Maybe even a top 15 running back the rest of the season. I don't know. You don't need to pay those those prices. But if you could land David Montgomery for someone like like a Sony Michelle, a Philip Lindsay, and Austin Eckler, I would go get Whoa. David Montgomery. Whoo! I wouldn't do that, man. I mean, I would take him for Austin Eckler, I think. But those other names, I, I'd prefer Sony Michelle a little bit. I, I would take Montgomery over Michelle. I mean, Michelle obviously coming off a terrible game, but I think they they can't run the ball and the Patriots. And when they face good run defenses, which they're going to do. You know, he's going to struggle. They have basically three tough matchups, three good ones after the bye, but he's so, so game script dependent. So I had trouble with Bilo, but the the name that came to mind was Tom Brady, actually, because this is the worst running game they've had in a while and a bad offensive line. They're going to have to throw the ball. And he's fine. He can overcome a bad offensive line. But look, he got Sanu involved. James White's going to give him steady production. Edelman, whatever. But Philadelphia, Houston, Kansas City, Cincinnati, still on the schedule. Brady is, I think, like he doesn't have huge upside, but I think he's like a top eight quarterback going forward. So, you know, it might be a situation where you give up a more exciting quarterback and upgrade at running back and then you get Tom Brady back or something like that, especially going into his bye. And I think he's going to have some pretty nice weeks going forward. I'm down with that. Brady is average. So despite them like dis- completely destroying like every opponent up until this week, uh, he has averaged 39.4 pass attempts per game. Like they're throwing the ball all That's over insane. people. So, and, and it like, as people have talked about, you know, they haven't faced stiff competition and that's teams are going to start scoring points on them. And it's like, that's not going to decrease the pass attempts. So uh, yeah, I do like the call on Tom Brady. Tex, I want to go back to something you said about David Montgomery that I think is spot on. So a lot of times when you're buying low on someone, you want to buy low on somebody that uh, that the owner is really eager to sell. They think they've got a great situation. They're trying to uh, to sell high, and really you're buying him at less of a value than he's actually worth. Tex, I think that was a really good call on David Montgomery. Now, I disagreed with you about Sonny Michelle, but that's kind of nitpicking. Um, my, my guy is Terry McLaurin. I'd love to buy him after horrible matchups against San Francisco at Minnesota at Buffalo. He goes on the bye this week. I bet the owner would be itching to get rid of him at this point thinking, hey, maybe Terry McLaurin still has some value. Uh, Maybe I can get something out of him for a trade. And then you've got him for the Jets, Lions, Eagles, and Giants rest of the season. That looks incredible to me. 
Yeah, I think I I think I'd sell him to you. Uh, he's okay. <laughs> well, look, he I think needs Case Keenum. If Case Keenum comes back, that would be his savior, Case Keenum. But if Case Keenum comes back, I do think McLaurin will be pretty good. If they keep it with Dwayne Haskins, I think he's in trouble. I'm not sure they will go to Dwayne Haskins though, or stay with Dwayne Haskins when Keenum's healthy because like he's not ready. They're gonna draft. They're gonna draft a quarterback. Like they're gonna. I think Dwayne Haskins is just gonna be a total bust. He's gonna be Josh Rosen. Uh, they're going to finish with one of the top four picks, and they're probably going to draft a quarterback because like, you know there was a split in the organization about it, right? So, like, they're going to clean. They might clean house. Who knows? McLaurin's sneaky, but I think if if Haskins plays, I think McLaurin could be McLaurin could be crap. But if Keenum comes back, he could be very good because he's a damn good receiver. He was owning Xavier Rhodes before the injury to Keenum just a few weeks ago. Hey, Adam, I will trade you any of Calvin Ridley. Tyler Boyd, DK Metcalf, or John Brown for, for Terry McLaurin. John Brown. Oh, give whoa. me John Brown. Give me Calvin Ridley. Get out of here. I love Ridley. Now, that's a buy low right there because I think that's six targets a game that were going to Muhammad Sanu. I think Ridley is going to have a very nice second half. Uh, he'll be a little boomer bust, no question, but I would definitely take Ridley. Metcalf for McLaurin is interesting. If there were no Josh Gordon, I'd probably stick with Metcalf. This is a good rookie wide receiver class, by the way. But I could see McLaurin. I. Look, I'm not going to buy low on him just because there is that uncertainty, but you could definitely be right about McLaurin. It, it, to me, it comes down to who the quarterback is. So, guys, before we get out of here, real quick, news just broke. Mark Walton is suspended four games for the substance abuse policy. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people wondering, and I'm glad we got it on the end of the podcast here. Kalen Balaj. <laughs> is Kalen Balaj worth a pickup? That's that's the question I'm going to ask. Oh, God, man. Just go sign Jay Ajayi again. Yeah, I mean, that would make the most sense. But I, I mean, this is not a team that needs to be spending money right now. I hate football. <laughs> but, but seriously like so Kalen Bl- I'm not picking up Kalen Blige I don't care if he's the starter forget everything I said about you have to own the starter I'm not picking up Kalen Blige end of discussion hold on a second if you need a running back for this week and Kalen Blige is there would you rather take Kalen Blige Ty Johnson JD McKissick or Gus Edwards oh crap Ty Johnson I think Ty Johnson <laughs> I'd probably take Kalen Blige of that group it's, it's, it's ugly but it is what it is the Colts run defense has been stellar yeah. Like the last three weeks. If Jalen Samuels didn't catch 13 passes, it would have been a terrible <laughs> game. I know they gave up a 45-yard run, but their, their run defense has been great. So I, I can't see Balaj having a good game. And they've got to sign someone. So I'm, I'd take Ty Johnson. Uh, but yeah, look, I have one team where like my running backs are dreadful. So I'm definitely going to be picking up Kevin Balazs. Like, <laughs> I have no choice but to. Yep. And that is how the show is going to end with Adam telling us that he's picking up Kalen Balazs. That's perfect. Good Adam. times, man. Good times. That's why you bring me on, right? I mean, that's, that's <laughs> staking my reputation there. All right, guys. That's all for today's show. Adam, really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. All right. And I want to say thanks to the sponsors of today's show, FanDuel, where if you're a new user, you can sign up for FanDuel now and get $20 in total bonus. Just by making your first deposit, go to fanduel.com slash fantasy pros or download the FanDuel app. And also Pristine Auction, where everything is guaranteed authentic from only the most trusted sources. And you're going to be able to find some great values of your favorite players and your favorite teams to put in your cave. Go to pristineauction.com, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, auction.com. And don't forget to sign up for that signed Dak Prescott Cowboys helmet at fantasypros.com slash contest. Hey, by the way, remember, this is on YouTube. If you want to check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros, we're going to have this show and the Wednesday shows on that YouTube channel. Plus, we do three live streams a week and a couple of videos as well. Again, that's youtube.com slash fantasy pros. For Adam Azer and Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening.
and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.